Welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got uh, Christian DeFeo. He's with uh, Newark Element 14, and he runs uh, Element 14s, or he's involved in the running of Element 14's uh, innovation segment and some of that uh, global community outreach that the company is known for and really helping move the uh, design ball along. So I'm really glad to have you on the show, Christian. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Oh, well, the pleasure is mine. Um, we recently had a discussion with one of your colleagues over there, and I think it is critical to foment development and really inspire engineering, and contests and events and things like you've been doing are really a great way to go that direction. Yes, indeed, and, and it's all part of, part of our belief is um, that a lot of the innovation of the future will come from individual engineers inventing in either their workshops or their, or their garages or their cellars. And we believe that a lot of the inventions of the future, the innovations that we'll become accustomed to, will be driven by this process. I agree completely. I, well, I think it's a two-tier approach. You're going to need the big pockets and the big labs and some of the big work, but you're also going to get a lot of these flashes of insight. As you were saying, the inventions, some really core technologies and interesting things are going to come right out of the minds of individuals that are working uh, in sometimes relatively obscure places. Indeed. I, I think that one of the reasons why this is, it's such a potent uh, time is that um, we've, a lot of uh, innovations have seemed to have been caught in a rut. For example, um, if you took a time traveler from the 1950s and you plot them down into the uh, kitchens of today, uh, barring uh, certain things like the microwave oven, a lot of the, the appliances that he would find would be very familiar to him. So, for example, the washing machine, the coffee maker, the oven. These appliances have not really moved on in their basic operation at time. At time. And mm-hmm. so the, the, question, the question leads to why. A lot of the time when um, innovation is driven out of a large company, they're looking for um, innovations which can deliver a return on investment, a clear return on investment, and that often leads to incremental improvements. There is gaps, there is spaces for very large improvements, but these tend to be driven by extraordinary personalities. For example, um, the iPad was driven by um, Steve Jobs' extraordinary personality and the innovation culture he built, built at Apple. But mm-hmm. a, a lot of the time, if you're looking for left-field ideas, we need to capture the spirit of Apple's early days, HP's early days, and return to the sheds and return to uh, individual inventors. And the design challenges that we do on Element 14 are an attempt to spark that, to use the tools which make it so much easier for a small inventor or workshop to build these innovations. Agreed, agreed. Well, and that's why, for example, your current event, it's called Forget-Me-Not Challenge, right? Indeed, indeed. It's, uh, it's an attempt. It, it, the uh, idea was not to talk about necessarily about gardening, but the idea was to create, for the engineers to create applications which deal with the little annoyances that we all have when we leave home. For example, there's always the nagging concern, did I leave the iron on, did I, leave the, did, I remember, did I remember to feed my cat, and so on. And the Internet of Things and the devices which can be used to build I, uh, IoT applications uh, allow these questions to be addressed without having to return home. And that was one of the inspirations behind the design challenge. Right. Well, And, that's a, and it's a cute way to, to address a lot of the core smart home issues because the first smart home apps are almost all directly related to security and safety. 
there's uh, security, there's safety, there's t uh, temperature. Um, I noticed that uh, the idea of smart homes is really catching on. For example, uh, I was recently in the USA and I happened into a certain uh, cellular, cellular telephone company store and they were uh, selling uh, smart home devices alongside uh, those of the cell phones. Also, Google has invested quite a lot in the Nest program. But these, right. this is only the beginning. But this is only we're, we're just we're, we're just getting started. It's going to be possible um, to use tools like Raspberry Pi, to use open source platforms like Eclipse, and in alliance with OpenHub, to develop your own open source um, IoT applications, which you which will be of uh, sufficient quality that you'll want them in your own home. Agreed. Agreed. Well, then, and you were saying temperature. I should have tossed convenience in there as well, but those are, those are uh, probably going to be the tripod of uh, smart home going forward is convenience, security, and safety. I, I completely agree, and I think that the other element is going to be information. Is, is that, for example, I think that we will all benefit from having um, energy meters that uh, inform us of our consumption. Those things already exist, but allow us to adjust on uh, allow us to adjust our consumption on the basis of the information that we get. Right. Well, I believe that's part of the inherent infrastructure, and of course, uh, uh, this is a power uh, engineering community here at PSD. So, I, I almost take that as a given of the infrastructure that the reason we're doing all of this, which is as I've said before, also uh, the smart. Uh, Internet of Things and Smart Grid are all kind of like the elephant and the blind men because it really is your perspective dictates how you see the Internet of Things. It's the, the Internet of Things is – people have talked about it, and I, I know that the idea of machine-to-machine -machine communication has been around for quite some time. It's only just now that I think that we're starting to realize its potential. Um, we've, we at Element 14 have been very fortunate to build partnerships with people like Bosch who have told us what its, uh, its potential for industrial applications. So, for example, if there's something wrong at a, uh, that goes wrong at an industrial plant, then uh, it can send uh, relevant alert messages to get something fixed. Or alternatively, it can, it can lead to uh, efficiencies in supply, consumption, and productivity. So there's, it's going to revolutionize everything from our homes to how goods are produced. It will inform just-in-time manufacturing. It will inform energy consumption. I don't know if you saw Cisco's most recent ad. Um, it was entitled The Storm. And um, we see a bunch of wind turbines out at sea, and they're being blown about by a, a rather heavy storm. But the interesting interaction comes afterwards because the um, wind turbines are producing extra electricity, which then sends information to the power plant, which then lowers its prices and sends that information on to the individual consumer, who can then increase their power consumption to heat their homes and right. at a lower cost. So all the Internet of Things, I, I asked our friends at Cisco, how far away are we from that? The answer is not far. And so the Internet, of, we, the Internet of Things is going to enable smarter homes. It's going to enable us to have applications which uh, allow us to monitor our energy consumption. It'll, it'll increase security. It will, um, it will increase efficiency and productivity. I know that one of the big uh, statistics that has come out of both uh, the United States and Great Britain is uh, productivity statistics overall are down the amount of productivity in increases that we're getting out of the economy 
are not as big as they used to be. If we right. adopt IoT technologies, we have the potential of uh, increasing those quite substantially. So it's all up and down the line from very home level to an industrial level to a national economy level, the Internet of Things is a revolution that's sorely needed. Agreed. Agreed completely. But then, uh, although we got to watch it because we agree with each other so much, we're just saying this is going to be a big conversation of just agreed, agreed, agreed. Yes, yes. But, uh, but let's look at some specifics just to give, give some anecdotes to the audience. Um, what are some of the more interesting, uh, you know, um, applications to the contest? Okay. Well, Entries. Uh, we have, yes, we've had an um, interesting application from an uh, engineer in Belgium, a guy named Frederick Vandenbosch, who is developing a uh, system to look after his cats. Now, I'm a cat lover, so I, I, uh, I, I fully confess that this is of particular interest to me, given the fact that I have three of them. But the mm -hmm. idea of being able to monitor them and to be able to make sure that they have enough food and water without me actually being in situ is very interesting to me. Um, we've had an application. The other one that we had, which was very interesting, is an engineer in Brazil. He wants to use um, IoT applications to help his aged grandmother. And one of the reasons why his application is particularly interesting is, is that he mentioned he wants to do it at a low cost. And because um, obviously being from, uh, he says that uh, from Brazil that they don't have the money to afford a very expensive IoT system, home monitoring system for his aged grandmother to make sure that she looks after herself, takes her pills, her house is secure, and all these sorts of things. Right. The, one of the wonderful things about um, IoT applications being available via Raspberry Pi and uh, technologies of that type is, is that it is entirely possible to do that. Right. Well, you know, um, one of the examples that I've often used is where it crosses over. Uh, I've, I've predicted that you're going to see a lot of that um, outpatient and geriatric and health management all overlap because that same sensor that can detect if you have an intruder in the room can also be presence detector to turn your lights on and adjust your temperature and can also detect if grandma fell down and didn't get up in five minutes. Yes, absolutely. It should be possible to have a complete home monitoring system for very little cost that hooks into a smartphone app. One of the uh, weaknesses, I dare say, in home monitoring systems these days for elderly patients is the fact that there is still a reliance on monitoring service being there to check on you and alert. I mean, the most modern and sophisticated one that I've seen in the States, there's an accelerometer in the sensor that hangs around somebody's neck, and it can detect if somebody's had a fall, and then somebody can call up via a loudspeaker and say, are you okay? Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be better accelerometer hooked into a smartphone app and alerted a family member? And the family member was able to find out, was able to phone up on, rather than hiring an expensive service and find out if that person was okay. That person would also be in the position to dispatch help by calling an ambulance uh, or whatnot, rather than uh, relying on a third-party service monitoring it 24 hours a day. That has the potential of improving care for the elderly, yet doing it at a lower cost. And I know that healthcare costs are a concern throughout the world. I agree. Well, again. It's, it's so apparent. It is so important. It is so critical that we successfully migrate all of these technologies into that shiny, happy future because they obviously all have potential downsides in uh, monitoring and market uh, manipulation and things like that. So I think it's also crucial that the engineering community, that we 
create the solutions that are more service to the community and try to create real world solutions that help people's lives become better. And I think that, again, back to these contests, you know, people aren't going to really submit their death rays uh, and their evil thought control helmets unless it's a really avant-garde contest, as I'm saying, and I'm realizing that might not be the case. But we, I, I would assume that people would at least try to be nice in a public contest. Well, we've certainly, as a company, we would have an ethical mission not to award a death ray any particular prize. <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't, that, wasn't that the John Lithgow movie, The Manhattan Project, the kid builds a nuclear bomb and brings it into science uh, for the science fair? Um, I'm not sure if it was, I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember that one. Yes, it was, uh, the, and uh, the, I remember the kid asking uh, his girlfriend, since I joined the nuclear club, do I get a leather jacket? Um, yeah. On element fourteen, on the element on element fourteen, if you if you bring anything nasty to the table, you don't get much of anything. <laughs> uh, but but if you if you bring something cool to the table, you get great recognition, geek cred, and engineering recognition. Oh, absolutely! And furthermore, in the forget me not challenge, we give you a, a, a package that's worth over twenty thousand dollars. We give you a fully a fully fledged uh, Tektronix oscilloscope. Uh, we give you an an Ocean EDK uh, 300 kit. We give you an Ocean middleware, and we also give you a trip to Electronica. Because one of the things that we're trying to do with this challenge is, is that everybody's starting off with a with a, a relatively basic kit of uh, tools. You have the Raspberry Pi, which is intended to be an educational platform. You have the InOcean Pi, which interfaces with that. You have the InOcean Sensor Kit, which interfaces with the InOcean Pi. You also, the 15 out of the 20 competitors are also getting uh, a Tektronics oscilloscope, a, a basic one for learning how to use the oscilloscope. And what we're hoping to do by, by providing this kit is to stimulate the educational curve and then waiting on the other side of it are professional tools so that, that they will uh, be inspired and have the tools that they need to carry on the development of these IoT applications. Very nice. Well, what, okay, now let, let's go from there. What, what happens next? Well, what happens next? Ah, well, the, the requesters are required to blog every week about the projects of their products, uh, pro, sorry, pro, progress of their projects, pardon me, and um, we give them each, uh, we give uh, each of the top 15 challengers a $500 budget to acquire additional parts. And these parts can be virtually anything that comes out of the Element 14 toolbox. So some people will want pressure-sensitive fabric for, uh, for one of their projects, another will want even more Raspberry Pis to bolster their pro project. Then uh, they will build it along. We're also giving them uh, CADSoft 7, which uh, should have been issued yesterday. In fact, it was issued yesterday. And um, so that they can design their own PCBs if need be. I think a lot of them will. So that they can turn, make their solutions as professional and as well thought out as possible. In the end, what will, uh, at the end of October, we will uh, make a determination as to who is won. The community also gets to vote on their choice of winner as well. We have a community choice winner. So we'll have a grand prize winner, uh, a runner-up, and a community choice winner. And then the uh, grand prize winner will get all the big package that I mentioned. The runner-up 
Well, we've had uh, one of the motifs of this year, I, I su uh, submit, is the uh, Rapiro robot, which made its uh, appearance at uh, CES 2014 in January. And um, so we've given that to the runner-up along with uh, another Ocean EDK kit. And the Community Choice winner will also get an Ocean EDK kit. So, all, so we have a lot of time to run in between now and then. We're planning Google Hangouts with them. And uh, we're looking forward to having the winner come to Electronica and to show up, uh, show their solution to the wider world, to, the, to one of the greatest show, engineering shows on Earth, for to show what kind of uh, solution that they have produced and how they have wowed us with their grasp of IoT. Well, and that's Christian. Um, I'll be at Electronica myself. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to meet and shake the hand of the winner. Oh, and I would certainly hope so, and uh, and uh, certainly hope that you get a chance to speak to whoever it is. It will be a him. Um, it's only I'm afraid that it's only blokes who've uh, come into the challenge. But um, in any case, uh, I look forward to greeting you and uh, introducing you to the winner. Excellent. And so again, what's the uh, website that they should go to to both look at the blogs from the participants and get some more information? If it's multiple sites, just give them all to us. It's only one site. It's element14.com forward slash forget-me-not, all one word. Excellent, excellent. Now, Christian, what I always do before I close out an episode is I give my guest the opportunity to have the last word. You could talk a little bit more about uh, this specific contest or what Element 14 is doing or just a tip for the industry, but uh, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I would just like to say that um, what we've discovered through these design challenges is the unlimited capacity for invention amongst the engineers who, with whom we work. We have over 240,000 engineers on the community, and we've challenged them with a variety of challenges, ranging from wireless power to inductive sensing to energy harvesting to the Internet of Things to wearable technology. And I think that the biggest challenge for firms, um, and we're working on this too at Element 14, is to tap into that creativity and to turn it into products which benefit everyone. And we're continuing to work on it, and we hope that the engineers that are listening to this particular podcast will come and join us, find out more about it, perhaps join one of our design challenges. We have more on, this, uh, on the calendar coming up, and um, hopefully they'll be tempted to take part. And hopefully the larger firms which are looking for new innovations will be interested in partnering with us to see how we can help them access the innovations that our engineers are producing on a daily basis. Great, great. Um, you know, like I said, it's very commendable, and I always appreciate those kinds of efforts to the community because, well, we're literally creating the future as we go along, and so things that we can do to stimulate that development and move it all forward, I, I can only say thanks and congratulations. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. <laughs> and I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul's on Power. Have a great day. <laughs>